0: Good evening and welcome to Spirit of Grace Church. We're so glad that you are with us tonight. Thank you for joining us online for a night of the Word, and we're excited about what God is doing. We're coming through our Christmas concert season, and we had a great time Saturday night and Sunday. Uh, Enjoyed listening to our praise team do a fantastic job, and then all the goodies that Kim Welsh and her team prepared and handed out was just wonderful and so we're very thankful for a great great weekend now heading into the Christmas season and uh, looking forward to what God has in store to close out 2020 and usher in 2021 and uh, I'm excited about all that is in store for the church. So tonight I want to speak to you a little bit about Christmas. If you get my daily devotion that I send out uh, to all of our church people, and then there's some others that have been added to the list uh is a daily devotion that I send out i've been talking a little bit this week about joseph and i 'm going i don't know why i 'm kind of stuck on him tonight, but I want to talk to him a little bit <clears throat> about him a little bit tonight, but over the next couple of weeks, there is a question that will all of us will undoubtedly hear from time to time or more than time to time, and that is are you ready for Christmas? Are you ready for Christmas? And I suppose what really is being asked when somebody asks us, are you ready for Christmas? It's have you put up all the decorations and have you finished your shopping? Have you crossed off everything on your list? Do you have everything prepared? Have you mailed Christmas cards if anybody still does that? Have you put on your calendar all the places that you're supposed to go in a normal year? This year may be a little bit different, but uh, are you ready for Christmas? And we meet ourselves coming and going, and we're in and out, and we call it the Christmas rush. Um, And sometimes the Christmas season becomes so hectic, and because of that, we tend to forget uh, really much of the reason for the Christmas season that uh, we are entering into. In fact, I read a story once about a little girl who watched her mom and dad getting ready for Christmas, and to her It seemed that dad was always preoccupied with the burdens and the bundles, and the mom was uh, always concerned about the parties and the presents and getting everything done, and they really didn't have any time for her. And she felt like she was being shoved aside and put to the the street almost. In fact, it seemed that she was always being told, would you please just wait or please get out of the way? We're trying to get something done. So one night she knelt beside her bed and began to pray, and she said, you know, our Father who art in heaven, please forgive us our Christmases as we forgive those who Christmas against us. And uh, sometimes I think we, we do that. I think we get too busy for our own good. So you see, when I ask the question, are you ready for Christmas? I'm not talking about your decorations and your gifts and the food and wherever you're going and whatever you're doing. I'm not talking about your activities. I, I want to talk to you tonight about your attitude, your spirit, your mindset, Because every once in a while I hear someone say, I I just can't get into the Christmas spirit this year. And uh, maybe you've said it as well, but uh, I've heard it from time to time. I've probably said it. And so I really want to go back to what Christmas really means and looking at what took place that first Christmas day. Christmas really means simply this, God becoming a human being, that God expressed his love by living among us by becoming a baby, by walking and talking with us. That's really what Christmas is all about. And, but there's some attitudes that we can find expressed in the first Christmas story that I want to encourage you to live by over the next several days and weeks that really can help us grow. And so I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 to 25. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says this, This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage could take place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary his wife, but he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus. Uh, The more I read the story of Christmas, the more I like this man named Jesus, or Joseph. I like Jesus too, by the way. But uh, Joseph is an intriguing figure in the Christmas story or in the Christmas picture. He doesn't stand out in the spotlight very much or very long, and we don't uh, know a whole lot about his, the entirety of his life. But Joseph can teach us a lot this next couple of weeks about the attitudes that can make Christmas really real in our lives. And so the first thing that I want to pull from the life of Joseph is to accept God's will no matter whatever it is, whatever it might be. Accept God's, God's will. Sometimes that's hard to do. First, Joseph teaches us this. He says, Basically, his life says, be ready to accept God's will, whatever it might be. Joseph must have had some kind of a relationship with God so that when he had a dream, he didn't even have an angel appear to him. He just had a dream about an angel appearing to him. And in that dream, uh, the angel speaks to Joseph and he uh, agrees to it and he follows after it. But put yourself in that position. Joseph throughout his life was pretty, must have been pretty well planned and he was pledged to be married. He was betrothed, which means that he and Mary had made already made the necessary arrangements. The wedding had been planned. The, the hall had been rented, if you will. The food had been put together. Um, the wedding ceremony would soon take place. And Joseph knew that he would marry Mary and uh, that they would settle down in Nazareth and he would build his carpenter shop up into a business and they would live happily ever after. But then Mary comes to him and says, Joseph, I'm expecting a baby. I don't know about you, but that would have hit me like a a bombshell. And he thought that Mary loved him as much as he loved her. And now seemingly she uh, had been unfaithful to him, and he knew that the child was not his. And so the only conclusion that uh, he could reach was that she had been unfaithful. And then when she tells him the story of what happened, I just can kind of imagine, you know, uh, Joseph was probably like any other human being at the time, where we read later in Scripture the people say is not just this is just the carpenter's son from Nazareth. What good can come out of Nazareth? And so Joseph, I'm sure, had some of those same thoughts that Mary, you've just really gone too far this time, and uh, and, and so she had broken this bond that existed between them. And now, according to the law, because she broke that bond, she was really relegated to being stoned to death. But Joseph, for whatever reason, loved her so much that he didn't want her to uh, die, didn't want that. So he decided to divorce her quietly, if you will. And as he was thinking about this, he falls asleep and an angel appears to him in a dream and in effect says, Joseph, trust God. He's in this. You may not understand what's going on. You may not understand all that's happening, but God is in control. God sees it. Trust him, and everything will be all right. And Joseph obviously, or evidently, was a man of faith. And But sometimes it's hard to live by faith. You know, We like to say we're faithful people, but sometimes it's hard to live by faith. Now, if God always does what we expect God to do, then it's easy to live by faith. But when God doesn't do what we expect him to do, that's really what living by faith is, is to trust him even when we don't understand or believe that He's knows what he's doing. And so Joseph trusted God. He must have had a laundry list of questions for God. Uh, I can just imagine some of the things, you know, but he trusted that God's will was best. And In 2020 especially, and it's been said over and over and over again, uh, that this year has just been quite the year. And we don't understand it all that's going on. But we find ourselves tonight in the same position that Joseph was in. Christmas comes as a time of peace, but there is conflict all around us. Christmas comes and it's supposed to be a time of joy, and yet there's so much sadness. Christmas comes, and it's supposed to be a time of love, but hate is rampant in the streets, on the news, everywhere we go. And we cry out oftentimes in these days, like Joseph probably cried out, God, how can this be? How can this be happening? Uh, But like Joseph, we have heard the still small voice of God saying, Just trust me. I'm in control. I understand. I know what you're going through. I know what you're feeling. Just trust that I am doing what is best. Because God's ways are not always, in fact, God's ways are mostly never our ways. Uh, we like to think that he He would do it our way, but he usually doesn't. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts, and we may never understand until we get to heaven how he does things and what he does things or, or why he does things, the way he does things, what's his purpose, what's the. But he says, trust me, and it, he'll work it out. Paul wrote it this in Romans. He said, All things work together for good to them that love God. And, and while that sounds trite, and while that sounds a little offhandish, it's really the truth. Well, Pastor, you don't know what I'm going through right now. I, I know I don't know it, and I don't understand it, but I know God. And God does everything for a purpose, and his purposes are always good. And uh, if you're going through a discomforting time, if you're going through a time of trial, a time of uh, being upset, of sadness, of sorrow, whatever it is, I, I just want you to rest in God's arms tonight. Trust that he has you. Trust that whatever the purpose of God is, it will play out. Just lean into him and see if the great comforter isn't there for you, As you begin to continue your daily journey. Christmas happened because Joseph trusted God. Christmas happened because Joseph trusted God. And you and I need to learn to trust God as well tonight. Even when it doesn't make sense. Even when it seems upside down. Even when it seems to lack the justice that we expect justice to to, to carry. And uh, we just need to learn to trust God. The second attitude of of the first Christmas story that Joseph uh, reflects for us is to learn to care about other people. Learn to care about other people. We need to learn that. That's a learned behavior. Joseph's assignment from the angel himself was a pretty simple one and yet very difficult and very deep. And that is this... Uh, Well, we say it was easy because it's the way we portray him in the Christmas plays and in the Christmas pageants, and we portray him in those things. We picture Mary looking so angelic, and she's getting ready to have this baby over here on the one side of the platform are the excited shepherds that are seeing the angels and listening to the heavenly hosts sing. And then we, on the other side of the platform we see the wise men with their gifts of gold, frankincense, myrrh, and, and those things. And then in the midst of them is the Christ child in the manger wrapped in swaddling clothes. And then there's Joseph just kind of standing around. Just kind of over on the side of the the picture and doesn't say anything, doesn't really do much in in our plays. He's just kind of there and um, it's not a starring role. But his part is so important because he has been given the task by God to protect God. Think about that. To protect Mary, to care for him, and to care for the gift that God is giving to humanity he was making the caretaker of that gift, that gift of himself. And he's, in all essence, what God is saying is, Joseph, listen, I'm getting ready to come. You're going you're gonna to name him Jesus or the fulfillment, the Bible says in Matthew, of the Old Testament, Emmanuel, God with us. Uh, Joseph, I'm going to ask you something difficult. You're going to raise God. Think about that. Think about what Joseph had to deal with and what he was facing with that little baby boy that was being born that night. Take care of Mary. Take care of the baby. Christmas comes once a year, and this season probably causes us to be more sensitive than at other points of the year about the needs of others. But there's so much more that needs to be done, and maybe we maybe we try. And, and And maybe the best descriptive title that can be given to a church is a church that really cares and I believe at Spirit of Grace Church we do care we care about people but one of my favorite stories at christmas time is about a young couple who had about an 18 month old son who had gone to spend a few days with their grandparents at christmas time and on christmas day that year fell on a sunday and the young father needed to be back to work on that monday morning and so Uh, Right after going to church together and having dinner, the family said their goodbyes, and this young family set off for home. There weren't many gas stations along the way uh, since it was Christmas Day, but they did find an old truck stop that was open, so they pulled off. They got fuel. They grabbed something to eat. They went inside, and it was one of those that have kind of a restaurant on one side and the convenience store on the other. And So they went over to the restaurant, sat down, and thought that they were the only people until they saw one other uh, gentleman there because little Eric, their 18-month-old son, kept saying, Hi there, hi there. And he was putting together the two words, Hi there. Uh, And and every time he said that, there was a response um, from a table in in a little alcove or a little room there by the door, and the response would always be, Hi there, little boy. Hi there, little boy. And they looked at this area where this table was, and there was an old, ragged, tattered-looking man. Uh, His coat was several sizes too big. It was old and torn. His pants drug on the floor. His shoes had holes in them, and his toes actually stuck out of the shoes. He had on an old hat that was tilted to one side, and when he smiled, he revealed that all of his teeth were, were not there. And yet, for some reason, little Eric was attracted to this old man. And and he kept saying, hi there, hi there. And every time he'd say it, the old man would answer. And finally, the the old man responded, little boy, do you know how to patty cake? And sure enough, Eric from across the room did a little patty cake with this gentleman. And then he'd say, do you know how to play peekaboo? And sure enough, the little boy would play peekaboo with him for a little bit. Um, There was obviously an instant rapport between this little boy and this old man who was obviously uh, a reject of society. And so Eric's parents started feeling a little uneasy. And the husband whispered to his wife, let's eat our food, get out of here as quickly as possible. And so they gulped it down and then he said, I'll go pay for it, you get Eric and get out the door. And so she started toward the door and hoping to get out without any problems. But as as they passed him, Eric reaches out for this old man uh, with both arms uh, to embrace him. And so the old man sat there looking up on the mother and and he asked her, you know, point blank, you know, would would you mind let me hold the, your your baby? And really she didn't have much to, to say about it because by this time, Eric was almost jumping out of her arms to get to uh, this old man. And so he cradled Eric in his arms for a minute, patted him on his back, and, and, and as Eric put his arms around the man's neck and began to uh, hug him. And so closing his eyes, this man began to talk to little Eric and tears started streaming down his cheeks. And for a moment... Uh, he held that child and loved it, and, and as he did, he looked up at the mother and said, You take care of this little boy. And she answered, I will, sir. And then he handed Eric back and said, Thank you. Thank you very much. You have given me my greatest Christmas present. You see, it's it, we have to recognize that Christmas. Now, am I saying that we're going to be able to meet everybody's needs at all times? No, but what I am saying is be cognizant of the needs that are around us. And be willing to step out. You never know what one simple act. That woman didn't know what she was doing with her 18-year-old son. But something in that little Eric uh, cried out for this man to just touch his life. And uh, I believe in the story. God was using this little boy to let this man know that God still saw where he was. You never know if it's a word that you speak. It's an action that you do. It's a kind thought, a kind deed. That you may not express to somebody more than just Merry Christmas. It may be words or actions that uh, forever settle in their spirit about who God really is. Christmas came because Joseph cared about Mary and Joseph. And it also comes for us. Christmas means a whole lot more for us when we will take the time to do what Joseph did and care for other people. And then the last thing tonight, learn to give whatever we have to give. Learn to give whatever we have to give. We may not all be able to give money or gifts or toys or food, but is it 30 seconds of listening? Is it is it a pat on the back? Is it is it a wave? Is it something, a smile to give? Christmas came because Joseph gave. He gave whatever he had to give to the Lord and to others. He didn't know that after Jesus was born... That he would have to take Mary and the baby back into Egypt. He didn't know that he would be separated from his hometown and from his other family members for a lengthy period of time. He didn't know all the demands that would be as being the stepfather of the Christ child. He didn't know what his time schedule was going to be, what his pocketbook was going to be. You know, he didn't know all of those things. He just knew that he had to give whatever he had to give. But whatever God asked him, that's what Joseph did. And that's what Christmas really is, isn't it? It's Christmas is really God giving himself to us. John 3, 16. God gave. And when Joseph gave Christmas uh, to himself, if you will, that's when Christmas happened. When we empty ourselves out for others whether it be in prayer, whether it be in a conversation, whatever it may be, when we give of ourselves and uh, of that which we are, Christmas comes alive. There's nothing wrong with giving gifts, but the gift, the greatest gift, the Bible says, is love. For greater love has no man than this, than a man would lay down his life for his friends. Uh, there, there was, uh, I was reading one time and this story stuck out. I've always done plays and dramas and I've, I grew up in a church where we did them, we had a Sunday school program at Christmas time every year, and we always had a play or something going on. And so, as I was reading this story, it kind of stuck out to me. There was a a boy by the name of Wally, he was in the seventh grade, and he was bigger than all of the other students in his Sunday school class, and his mother had been an alcoholic when, when he was born, and as a result, he just didn't, he wasn't... He Had some mental difficulties because of the alcohol that she had partaken in. And uh, so, but he managed to get by. He, he fit in well enough with the people and the kids. But Christmas time came, and his class decided to put on a Christmas pageant. And since he was the biggest, Wally was selected to be the innkeeper. And uh, after all, the innkeeper is kind of the villain in the Christmas story. And uh, so they coached Wally to be just as mean as he could possibly be. And so at the the night of the Christmas play um the the, the play starts and the, it all starts happening and Mary and Joseph come to Bethlehem and they went to the inn and they knocked on the door and Wally opened the door and said, "What do you want?" in a real rough voice and just as mean and as gruff as he could possibly be. And Joseph said, "We need a room. We need a place to stay tonight." Well, you'll have to stay someplace else," said Wally, because there's no room here. There's no room in the inn, and so Joseph said, "But my wife's expecting a baby, and any time now. And, and isn't there some place where we can stay, where we are protected from the cold, and where she can deliver her child?" "No," said Wally. "There's no room here." Suddenly, there was st- silence on the stage, and it was one of those embarrassing moments where the lines seem to be forgotten, and you know somebody is messed up, and and you're you're starting in the back as a director you're starting to panic that something's going to you know blow up on stage but from behind the curtains you could all all of a sudden hear the the director saying be gone be gone say be gone and uh so Wally was supposed to speak but for some se- for some reason Wally choked up and forgot to say the word be gone and finally after he had been coached for several long seconds and the drama was the play was getting awkward at that time Wally managed to say, Be gone. And Mary and Joseph sadly turned to leave. But just as they turned to leave, Wally said, Wait a minute, wait a minute. You can have my room. And the director of the play was ready to pull out her hair because uh, she knew that the whole Christmas play has now been blown. And, and um, But the question really is had it? Had, the, had it really been blown? Maybe Wally better than anybody else communicated the message of Christmas in that Christmas play. You can have my room. I'll give myself up so that you can have something from the Lord. And and, and sometimes we, we get to the place where maybe it's giving up an extra 15 minutes to pray for somebody that they can't pray on their own. Maybe it's 15 minutes where we have to to even drive by their home and drop off a bag of groceries or or just giving of ourselves. Um... Really, that's the message that God gives us at Christmas. He's he's basically saying, listen, you can have my life. At at Christmas, when he's born in Bethlehem, what he's really saying is, here's my life. It's all yours. I I know we, we wait a couple of months and, you know, 33 years of Jesus' life to get to the Easter story, but way back at Christmas when he's born, God is really saying, here I am here's my life. I'm giving this for you. You can have me. I give myself to you. And it's really still the greatest gift of all. He's still giving himself to people. He's still making the opportunity for us to grow in him. So my question to you tonight is, are you ready for Christmas? I don't know if you'll be able to get all your shopping done in time. I don't know if you won't burn the turkey or not or the ham or whatever you have to eat. I don't know if you'll be able to attend all the events, especially this year, that you normally do and the different get-togethers that are out there. I know we're restricted in several ways because of the COVID situation and, and, and all of that. But I hope that you're ready in the attitude of Christmas, in the spirit of Christmas. I I hope that you will take the message of this man named Joseph and just accept God's will as it being God's will, no matter where it may sound and how it may come across. Because oftentimes it doesn't make any sense to us because he does things so much uh, wiser than us and so much above our heads that we just have to obey. I, I hope that you get to the place where Joseph got to, and you just not only accept the the will of God, but you care for other people. Keep your eyes open and notice the hurt in other people's eyes and begin to call their names out in prayer, if you know who they are, or just a prayer in general for that person. The Lord will know who you're praying about. And, and then giving yourselves to God or to others as well at christmas because that's exactly what he did his will was that not any should perish but that all should come to eternal life that was his will and his will was better and 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 the thing is is his will uh with with the lord his his will wasn't a comfortable thing i don't know about you but i don't wouldn't want to go through what christ went through but he went through it because it was his will And he cared about others. You think about all of the things that he did in his earthly ministry. He did for people that were hurting, struggling, needed to be healed. He did things on behalf of others. He raised people from the dead. And he made a way for you and I. And then last, he gave himself. Uh, I mentioned it at our concert um, through the narration. But Christmas without Easter is meaningless and Easter without Christmas is unfulfilled. You don't have you can't have one without the other connected together. You can't have the birth without the death, burial, and resurrection. It it goes hand in hand. He loves us as much in the manger as he loves us on the cross. He as much as the cross has transformed our life and the blood that was shed for us and the price that was paid for us, as much and as powerful as that situation is from Calvary, Christmas is a- absolutely the same. It was God becoming a little baby. The Bible says it this way God in John 1 1 and verse 14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. He became just like you and I so that we could become like Him. You can't outgive God at Christmas, you can't outlove God. at Well, you can't outgive or outlove Him at any time. But especially at Christmas, because Christmas we're celebrating the ultimate gift where God says, I give you me. I give you myself. Jesus is standing before us. The true character of Christmas is standing before each of us tonight and asking the question Are you ready for Christmas? Are you ready for Christmas? Praise God. Would you just bow your heads with me now? Jesus, I'm so thankful for Christmas. I'm thankful for the opportunity to be drawn into your arms, into your embrace. I'm thankful that you didn't cut corners, but you made a way so that you that that those that are watching this and myself can get to you. You gave us you. And you loved us so much that you were born in a manger, that you were not in a palace, but you came to the lowest common denominator of man. And that's where you were born. And Lord, you have done so, so that you could elevate us as humanity into the heavenly places that your word references in you. And I'm thankful, God, that we can call on you Lord, now I come before you at this hour because there are so many needs at Christmas. There are people that are hurting, that the spirit of Christmas has not been kind to them, that they are facing pressure and depression, anxiety and worry. Lord, I'm asking you for this divine spirit of Christmas to settle into their spirits. Give them the peace that passes all understanding. Give them the comforter that only the Holy Ghost can give. Let them feel, Lord, the strength of your embrace physically as you wrap your loving arms around them and hold them tight, Lord, and allow us as Christians, as reflections of who you are. Help us to be ready to uh, move at every opportunity, Lord, to do your will, to care for others, to trust in you, and to give ourselves away. We'll be careful to give you praise and glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. For those of you on Facebook, thank you for being with us. If you, uh, in, in just a few minutes, this will be up on YouTube as well. You can always check us out at spiritofgracechurch.org. I'm so thankful that you took a few minutes with us tonight to listen to the word of the Lord. God bless you and have a great Christmas. And should the Lord tarry. We'll see you online next week at 7 p.m. God bless.